I want them to want to investigate um, other places in the world, to learn about other places, to want to visit and, and see these things, not just necessary labo, but just to get them maybe started on that. Like, wow, this is, this would be a great place to see and where else, you know, can I go from there? I want them to get excited about learning another language and see that both of those things, both learning another language, learning another culture or seeing other places in the world, how it opens up the world for you. It, it makes the world bigger and smaller at the same time, if that makes sense. It really just lets you see life through, through different eyes. And I want people to get excited about these, these things, about the fact that you can learn another language and how wonderful it would be and, and that you can see these great places and meet neat people. And You're listening to Ashley Davidson Fisher, a children's book author from Provence, France, discussing her latest project, La Petite Josette en Provence. She's our guest today on the podcast. Ashley, welcome to the show. All the way from France, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thank you very much, Randy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. So how's the weather today across the pond in France? It's beautiful. We have, I would say, 17 degrees Celsius, and uh, the sun is shining. It's it's really beautiful, beautiful weekend. And it sounds like you're uh, fully accustomed to the uh, the Celsius for our U.S. audience. What is uh, 17 approximately in Fahrenheit? I'm gonna say mid 70s. I've been living in Provence for almost uh, eight and a half years now, and I've actually forgot about Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> everything I do is in Celsius now, but I'm going to say it's somewhere in the in the 70s. So it's uh it's pretty nice. And you're originally from California. How did you find yourself living in France? When I was at university, I was studying language arts and I had the opportunity to do a study abroad program in France. And um at that time, my husband and I had four little children while I was finishing up school. And uh, my teacher said, you would be a really good candidate to go. And I thought she was crazy that there's no way I'm going to go with my husband and four kids and just take off to France. But she really encouraged me to just look into the program and, and see what I thought about it. And so as I looked into it, I, I really became interested in going. And so I brought it up to my husband and he said, there's no way. And I said, well, let me apply anyway. I'm probably, they're probably not going to take me, but I'd rather at least just apply and give them the option to say no, uh, give myself an option to say no. And so I did and had to go through a whole panel and discussion with people and um, interviews and, and they ended up picking me and saying, yes, we would like you to go. So I had to come home that day to my husband and say, they picked me. What are we going to do? And for about two months, it was really difficult. We went back and forth on the decision. And in the end, we were just like, you know, when else are we going to have this opportunity to move to France with our children and 
be there for an entire year just in the culture and learning the language. So we sold our house, we put our stuff into storage, and we moved our whole family to France. And after about six months, I had the option of applying for a second year. And my husband's like, we have to go back. We have to go back. And I said, I don't want to go back home. You know, the kids have been in school. We're learning the language. We're seeing all these beautiful places. We're traveling. I don't want to go. I want to stay another year. So we did. And we ended up being here for two full years without ever going back to the States. And when it was time for us to go, um, I actually, we actually had to go because I had to finish my studies um, on my home campus or I couldn't graduate. So we had to go back and I cried every day. I, I called my mom. I remember very clearly calling my mom saying, I, I don't want to go back to the States. I love it here. But we had to leave. We had to go. Um, and so we went home. And from the day we set foot on the ground, my husband and I thought about nothing but going back to France because we loved it so much. And I finished out my classes. I got a job. And then I ended up finding a company in San Diego who had an office in France. And um, I got the job with my eye on from day one going to Provence and working. And um, I worked really hard towards that. And two years into the job, they offered me a position to come to France and, and work in the office here. And I, I didn't even have to even think for one second. I was like, done. 100% we're, we're leaving. And that's what happened eight and a half years ago. So I've been working at the same company. Um, well, actually for 10 years, but eight and a half years here. But this time around, it was myself, my husband and our youngest daughter, because by now our children had, our other children had grown up. They still live in, our three oldest ones still live in the States and have their own lives. And so just the youngest one came with us. The rest is, is history. And it's, it was just something that was, a, I, I feel like was a once in a lifetime chance because I, I get a lot of friends and a lot of people that say, oh my gosh, that's the most amazing thing that you could move to France and you actually have a job and you can work there and you can live there. And I feel very blessed and very fortunate. And um, it's, it's just been a really, it's been just great, you know, for us to, to be able to have this experience. Yeah, that's really inspiring. And uh, it's good to hear you were able to find a company that had an office in France that allowed you to do that. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, some people say it's luck. I mean, I guess it's luck. Um, a part of it is, I do remember when we, we came back, we went back to the States after working, after being in the study abroad program. And I brought postcards with me and pictures. And I remember sticking them on the mirror all around in the bathroom so that every morning when I got up, I would focus on those pictures and say, I, I'm going to get back here. I'm, I'm going to get to France. And that's, that's what I want. And that's what I want to do. And it was like an everyday thing for me to reiterate to myself to, to do that. And so then when this job came up, and I just applied for it. And that was actually in San Diego. Even just getting that was like, wow, I'm, I'm possibly one step closer to this. So I can say it was a lot of work. I mean, I worked really, really, really hard to get back here. But at the same time, yeah, I think some of it was, was a whole lot of luck as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a really great story. For our listening audience here in the U.S., where in France is Provence? Provence is in the south. Um, 
east of France, and it's right next to Italy and Monaco, right on the water. So for the French Riviera, um, Nice and Cannes, most people will know Cannes because of the Cannes Film Festival. And that's exactly where Provence is, where I'm located. Sounds beautiful. Very much. (laughs) Very much is. So, Ashley, before we get started, I just want to say thank you for being on the show today and calling in all the way from Europe. Well, uh, thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. So how did you come up with the idea for La Petite Chaussette in Provence? Um, That actually was an idea several years in the making, I would say. Um, I think for me, learning French, I learned it as an, as an adult. And when you want to learn a language, it seems that they want to teach it to you all at the same time. You need to read it, you need to write it, you need to speak it. And they throw all this stuff at you. And, and as an adult, it's a little bit difficult. You just don't, you don't grab it as quickly as you do when you're a kid. And, um, and also I think it's just not that fun sometimes, um, when you're trying to learn and I think it's, it's a little bit more stressful. And so I thought, how, how would it be if someone wanting to just maybe learn a few phrases here and there, maybe they don't want to learn the whole language, just something to learn a few phrases or get them interested in learning the language. How, how would I like to do it? And I remember as when my, my children were small, you know, reading books while we were here that were totally in French and how difficult it was to do. And I thought it would be nice if someone who is an English speaker could read in their own language and then have just some phrases thrown in in French to help them with the language and just have an idea kind of side by side. You have the English version and then uh, the French phrase right after it or vice versa. And I thought that would be a way that I would like to do. And certainly it would have been a lot easier to read to my children. I think my children would have, would have picked it up faster. We would have picked it up faster altogether. And um, I kind of wrote it based on what, how I thought it, um, I would have liked to have learned it. And it just evolved from there. I didn't really have any ideas in the beginning of how I was going to make it come together. And quite honestly, it just, it, it just kind of did one day. I just thought, wow, I'm, if I'm going to do this, I need to find a setting, of course. And so Laboda Provence is, is a village in, here that is very, very, very traditional medieval village and cobblestone streets no cars allowed everything is really old set on the top of the hill with the ruins of a castle i mean it's extremely something that you would think of if you thought of medieval france and it's both one of my husband and i one of our favorite villages to go to and so i picked the setting and then i've kind of just tried to incorporate learning the language and with this little family and it just kind of happened over time. It wasn't something I just sat down one day and just kind of wrote it out and it took a week or or two. It was really a very long, long, long process um, um, to try to put it together. But eventually I kind of got the story out and, and it just kind of came. So (laughs) that's awesome. And it's really inspiring to hear that you kind of took an approach where it's how you wanted to learn it, because I'm sure that there's other mothers and fathers and parents out there that would kind of gravitate towards that style as well. 
I'm yeah, and I'm I'm really I'm hoping so. I've got um, a lot of people that have said, oh, you know, I really I really like the book. I really like that. There's some, you know, French along with English. It's not it's not a, it's not method learning um, or technical learning. It's more easygoing, and I kind of wanted to make it where you don't even know really or that you're actually learning another language because you're taking in the adventure and this um, this village and everything all at the same time. So I wanted to make it a little bit more fun and fun for children, fun for grandparents and parents, because when kids are small, obviously before they read, it's the parents that are reading to them. So um, I remember from my my past experience, my kids would want me to read these stories over and over again. And sometimes as a parent, you're not really into the little kid story. <laughs> you kind of, it's like, you just, Oh no, I have to read the story again. So I knew that if parents were going to read it, I wanted it to be in at a level that was enjoyable for them as well. So they could think, oh, okay, I could read the story over again and I can learn this language with my children too. Or maybe they already spoke French a little bit, but they're trying to introduce the language to their children and make it more of a fun thing. So Ashley, growing up, were you always into creative writing or did it develop later on? Um, no, I was not into creative writing as a child um, at all, actually. In school, I did very well when it came to writing papers, uh, writing book reports and research papers and things like that. But creative writing, I actually was never into. And I think that if someone would have told me, oh, one day, you know, you're going to write a children's book, I definitely would not have believed them. And um, it just wasn't something I had thought of. But then when I when we arrived in Provence eight and a half years ago, I started writing a blog um, more than so for just therapy reasons, not really for anybody to read too much. I more thought I just need to put stuff down on paper just for therapy for me about moving here, starting a new job. And, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And so that's when I kind of got into not, I mean, that's not really creative writing, but yet at the same time it is. Um, But I really kind of got into it and I thought, I, I really like writing. This is, this is really fun. And I, I loved writing um, book reviews. If people were giving me books, I would like to write book reviews. And so um, it just kind of morphed from there until I got the idea of wanting to write this book. And then it just came about from, from that point on. And as a kid growing up in California, did you have any authors or stories that you particularly admired? Yeah, I really enjoyed A Wrinkle in Time. Um, and I really enjoyed for, um, as, a, as a child, a very small child, this book called Winkin', Blinkin', and Nod. And I actually still have the book, a little hardcover book from the 19-whatever-60s or something like that. And those two, those two books I think I read over and over again. And I didn't really necessarily have authors where I would gravitate toward toward reading a specific author, but I did love more than anything to read. And I had books all over in my room. And luckily I lived down the street from a library. And I remember riding my bike every weekend to the library and even in the summer and just spending hours there reading books. 
And um, at home, I actually created a little library for myself with my books where I'd have the first page and I'd make a little pocket with a card for the people that are my age or older. When you go to the library, the librarian would pull the card out and stamp it with your name and, and put the card back in so that when you, you, know, you knew that you checked out that library book. And I actually made those for my home library. And, um, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> and I would check the books out to kids in the neighborhood and I'd put the stamp in and then they would sign it and bring the book back. It was, it was great. And I thought this is like amazing. This is just so much fun and reading. I was always around books all the time and I just love to read and I still am. I always have three books going. Um, reading is everything And my dream. One of my dreams is to have my own library in my house, like just this entire room of just books and and um, I'm very passionate about it and I'm very passionate about literacy I'm very passionate about getting children um, to love to read at an early age and and learn stuff and even for adults as well and it's just it's just something that was very important to me especially I was I'm an only child and it was very lonely childhood and I spent uh, hours you know by myself home from school because my mom worked she was she's a single was a single parent. And so, you know, I had television and, and, and books at that time. And, and so it was a way to, it was a way to escape. It was a way to have imaginary friends or, or go other places. And it became very, very important. And so it's, it's, it's still important to me uh, very much. So I, I always have a book with me, a real, like not, you know, not Kindle or whatever. I, I have a real book with the to smell of the pages to feel the pages are you familiar with the Disney movie Beauty and the Beast? Yes. And it sounds to me like you fit the uh, the Belle <laughs> character so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, with just reading, having a having your nose in a book all the time. And <laughs> it, it, that's true. In a small provincial town in France. Exactly. You're right. You are right. And when you were checking out books to your local neighborhood kids. Did you have any kind of connections or thoughts or any sort of notion of France or did it all kind of come together when you had that opportunity to do the study abroad program? No, it came together when I had the opportunity for study abroad, very much so. Growing up as a kid, I never really actually thought I was going to even leave my neighborhood. (laughs) 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 I I had... um, I just, I had my bike and we didn't live so far from the beach. And at that time, Southern California wasn't very crowded. And so you could kind of just go everywhere and there wouldn't, you know, during the winter time, there wouldn't be many people at the beach. So I kind of went to the beach and I, I went to the library and school. And that was as far as my, my whole world was. My whole family lived within five minutes, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. And so it was a very small you know, uh, real world. Uh, so therefore the books were also something important, but I never ever actually thought I was really going to go farther than that. I didn't really know. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a kid. I didn't, some kid, I want to be a doctor and this and that. I never knew as a child. I loved school, which is always kind of a weird thing. Most people look at me like, "I'm where? What do you mean you love school?" I mean, I passionately loved school. It was, um, it was, it was a social outlet for me, being an only child. But also, it was just 
because I love to learn and um, I just, I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed school a lot. And I was a very good student because I enjoyed school, but I still just never knew what I, I, I wanted to do. And even in, in high school, I just didn't know. And I kind of just went to, um, when I finished high school and I, I had a part-time job and I went to the local Long Beach City College just to get an AA degree in, in just liberal arts because I still didn't even know at that time what it is that I really wanted to do. And then I thought, well, I'm, I need to get a university degree and I guess I'm going to work in business. But I, I just didn't like the business classes because I'm not a math person. I, I just, math isn't my thing. I, I'm the literature side. And so I found this course. Um, this degree where you could take language classes and you could build your degree, your business degree around the language arts. And so I could kind of avoid the math that I didn't want to do, but I could structure my classes around international business, sales and marketing, the French language and all this other stuff. And, and, but even with that, I still didn't know if I was actually going to ever really do too much with it or go to another country even. And so once the opportunity arose for study abroad, it was, it was, for me, it was like out of the blue. I just, I never, I just really never thought of it. And when I took the chance and, and started really thinking about it, uh, being extremely scared to leave and move to another country, I mean, absolutely terrified, especially with the family, but when we got here, we just saw a whole completely different side of, of the world and all the old architecture and all the wonderful villages and the culture in a different language and a completely different way of, of living. It was at that moment that I thought, this is, this is exactly you know, what I want. This, uh, this is exactly where I want to be. It just, it really opened my eyes. And, and, you know, mind you, I was, I was so much older. I mean, when this came to me, so for people who think that they have to decide at, at some point in their life when they're you know 18 or 20 or whatever, that they're going to do something and it's going to be their lifelong choice. I just don't, I just didn't, I just don't see that because it, it, life doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes things just happen, you know, later in life that triggers this thing for you where you go, this, this is it. And I don't really think it, that an age has anything to do with it. It's just whenever something comes to you and you become passionate about it, or you think that's where you want to be, it doesn't really matter what age you just, just go for it. Just do it. I mean, our children, my husband and I, our children think we're absolutely nuts. <laughs> we're just, because we just kind of go, Hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's go and try it. And as a kid, I would have never done that. I was so, everything had to be structured and everything was so small and I would have never taken the chance to, to, to do any of that. So I, I really don't know what happened to me. I think the study abroad program opened a, a whole other side that I just didn't really know existed. And all of a sudden I'm just like, Hey, this sounds like great. Let's do it. And I felt like trying new stuff and seeing new things. So it was a blessing in, in so many ways, because I think that I, without it, I would, I might not be, the same the same person i guess i i could say absolutely and it's uh it's amazing when you actually step into a different culture like that how much your world just expands and uh it's such a such a tremendous experience it really is 
So tell me about your writing routine when you wrote this book. Did you like to go to a small coffee shop in the French countryside or did you like to stay in your living room? What did that look like? I actually have a nice little terrace outside that's enclosed. And most of the time I was, I was out there um, whenever I was trying to get my thoughts together and, and structure things or, or make notes. Um, it's very light and bright and I have one wall that's just win- um, some windows so I can see out into a garden. Um, and for me, that was very um, like just relaxing. I have an office at home and I didn't want to be in the office because it felt more like work. I wanted to go someplace where I felt this was just a space where I could, I could write and we, you know, and it wouldn't be used for, for work as well. And it it was very relaxing. So that's, that was the place. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So what inspires you to continue writing? I just found that I really like it. I feel it's, it's just kind of relaxing and I feel mentally it just is a, a de-stressor and it's completely something totally different than what I do in my regular job. 100% different. Just, and so I can kind of leave that world of my corporate American work and I can do something totally different that at first just started out as a hobby. And when I write, you just kind of go into a little bit of a different world and have fun. And for me, it's also, I like it being unstructured, which kind of sounds funny, but there's no boss or there's nobody telling you like exactly how you have to do it or this comes before this. You can just kind of let it free flow and do how you feel you just want to do it. So it's, it's very autonomous. I like that as well. Absolutely. And did you have any mentors that helped you along your writing journey? No. And that was hard. I would say to people out there who, who want to write that that would be a good idea to have to get in contact with people that can be a mentor and can help you along the way, because it's not, Sometimes for me, it's not, it wasn't about the writing actually. It was how to put it all together, how to get the book created and made, and then how to do the sales and marketing of the book. And I felt that that was the most overwhelming part. And I don't have, and I still don't have um, somebody to, to, to be a real mentor that I can like go to and say, Hey, I need help with this or look at this. And I would encourage people actually now in hindsight to, to, to really do that because I think it would be a lot less stressful and a lot less hectic um, to have somebody you could count on that, that would help you through some of the processes. So let's talk about La Petite Chosette en Provence. Yes. Tell me about the premise of the book. What is it all about? It is about um, a little girl, Josette, and her sister and her parents. They live in Provence, and they are taking a day trip, a family day trip, to the village of Le Beau de Provence, the medieval village. And it's just about them enjoying family time, good old fashioned family time. And they get to see the ruins of the chateau. They get to hear about the history. They have, 
you know, traditional French lunch and just kind of hang out as a family. And I purposely wrote the book in a way where I wanted it to be more back to simpler times. If you notice in the book, no one has a cell phone. Dad doesn't have a cell phone. And one of the pictures, the whole family is sitting down and they're having lemonade and there's no cell phones on the table. Um, They're talking to each other. The little girl has a camera, not a cell phone camera. Everything is very more like they're, they're, they're together because they're enjoying their family time together. And I wanted, I I really wanted that um, feel and I wanted it to be more like simpler times where it's not so hectic. You're, you're, you're there to see the sites and learn the history, but you're, you're also there to share very, very, very important family time, which a lot of people lack at the, you know, right now with the hectic world. Yeah, that's definitely uh, sounds like it's a plus for your book in terms of bringing people back to that, that kind of simplerness, if that's yeah. a word. <laughs> yeah. So how would you describe your typical reader out there? What age group and what are they into? Um, the age group I would say for kids um, would be between, to read by themselves anywhere between seven and 11 or 12. Um, but certainly before that for, or, you know, kindergarten or late preschool age, because parents can and grandparents can start reading the book to their children. And it would be either children who um, maybe already their parents know a little bit about the French language and they've, they're speaking in, in the home or families who just want to learn another language or even families who don't even think about learning another language. They just like Europe and they want to learn about um, other places in the world that you can visit and see children who like history, children who like even travel because there are kids who love to travel or who do travel with their parents and families who like to travel. And Ashley, you have a very special illustrator. Tell me about that. I do. The illustrator is my oldest daughter, Martinique. Um, Yes, she was named after the island of which I've never been. I just liked the name. And she is my, she's my artist. And she has been drawing literally since she was three years old. That's all she's ever done her whole life. And she's the most amazing illustrator she has a degree in illustration um, from the School of Visual Arts in, in uh, New York. And I knew when I was writing this book, as I was thinking about the characters, as I was thinking about the story, I knew that she would be able to bring across exactly um, what the characters were going to look like and see. I knew that she would be able to bring the sweetness and just the, the caringness and the, the, just the feel that very sweet feel that I can get um, from looking at the pages. And when I told her about it, um, she was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I sent her pictures of the area of, Le- of LeBeau. And I said, look, here's the background. Here's what the village looks like. And, but anything else that you get out of the book, the characters, what they look like, what they're wearing, what they're doing, I'll leave it up to your imagination. 
anything that you want to do because I, I knew that she was just going to get it. And I remember getting the first three drawings back from her and I was, I was just stunned. I thought she knows exactly what I'm talking about. She just, she just got it. And, um, every picture that came, I was so excited because she, she just knew based on what I was writing and every picture in this book, I think there's about 19, maybe 20 illustrations, every picture she hand drew and she watercolored. It's not a program. Some people out there use the digital programs and Adobe and and things. It's not. She actually hand drew and and watercolored every single picture. And um, it's one of the reasons why also the book took a while to, to get done, but she's just, um, she, her, her work amazes me. I'm, I'm always stunned by the, by the beautiful things that she does. And I'm very, 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 very happy that she decided to, to do this <laughs> with me. And I took a look at the illustrations and I can also say that uh, she did a fantastic job. It, it really felt like I got into the, the space of being in France. I'm glad. I'm really glad. I marvel. She does not get her, her talent from me because I can't draw for any, I'm lucky if I can color in the lines in a coloring book. I mean, I just like can't do anything. So she's, I don't know. It just comes from somewhere, but she's, she's always had it. And she's just, I'm very, it's, it's nice also to have a mother daughter collaboration. That was very special. That's another special thing about the book for me. It's, it's very nice. And you mentioned that she went to school in New York. Uh, Where does she live currently? She lives in Southern California now. Um, And she does a lot. She teaches um, art. And she also um, just opened a store in Orange County. And um, she also does, people will come to her with photographs and they want her to paint them. So she does that and she does postcards and all, all kinds of stuff. And um, she just, everything for her is all about art. She just, she lives it. She breathes it. She eats it. She, she's just constantly doing it. So yeah, she just, she just recently moved back to Orange County, California. And Ashley, what would you like readers to take away from your book? I want them to want to investigate um, other places in the world, to learn about other places, to want to visit and, and see these things, not just necessarily Lebo, but just to get them maybe started on that. Like, wow, this is, this would be a great place to see and where else, you know, can I go from there? I want them to get excited about, learning another language and see that both of those things, both learning another language, learning another culture or seeing other places in the world, how it opens up the world for you. It, it makes the world bigger and smaller at the same time, if that makes sense. It really just lets you see life through, through different eyes. And I want people to get excited about these, these, things about the fact that you can learn another language and how wonderful it would be and and that you can see these great places and meet neat people and get really excited about doing that. I really, I'm very passionate about that. Yeah, that's definitely a great message. And what advice would you give the younger version of yourself who's just starting out as a writer? (laughs) That's a very good question. I think I would tell if I could sit in a room with my younger self, I would just 
say, keep at it. Don't, don't quit even when you feel like you're not really getting it anywhere because it, it, there were times with this book that that happened. I would tell myself, take a creative writing class probably to, to help kind of hone in that skill. And um, I wouldn't have to tell myself to keep reading because I would already do that. And I would definitely say to find other writers who are possibly in the same, the same genre to kind of get together and just help each other out with ideas and, and bounce ideas off of, of each other. I, I would tell myself that that's really, really important so that you don't feel so lonely in the writing process and that you can make other friends and, and, and just help each other out when need be. And your book has won many awards. Tell me about that. Um, that's a, that is very exciting. Um, I now have, um, we're a now semi-finalist, the book is, in the Little Peeps Children's Book Award, and also a finalist in the Wishing Shelf Book Award. And I'm very, very, I'm just super excited. I mean, for a first book, that means the world to me. I just, I don't even have like sometimes words for it. It's just such a nice, I feel honored to be amongst the other people that are also in the semifinalist and finalist position. And it's just um, something that kind of gives me, it's just kind of a validation that, you know, people are liking the book and they're liking the artwork and, and the message of the book and, and everything about it. So yeah, it feels, it feels really good and it keeps me going. It's one of those things where if you have a day where you're just, you're just not getting anything done when it comes to writing or whatever you're doing is just not working. And then I can think and go, Oh, you know, remember this, this very first book that has these two awards and it's just, it's a nice feeling. And I've gotten some, I've gotten really good reviews and people tell me they really like the book and they all tell me, they all say it's going to be a series, right? You're writing a series. And honestly, I hadn't even thought about that in the beginning. I wasn't really sure about it, but now I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it's going to be a series and it's just a, it's a really good feeling and we'll, we'll see what happens. Both of the both the Little Peeps Award and the Wishing Shelf Awards, those will be out, like the final finalists are going to be out in April, I believe. So I'm anxious for April to come. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But. Uh, you mentioned the series. Are there any other writing projects that you're working on? I am. Um, I haven't actually written the book yet, but there is a second book in the series. I have the setting there is a few new characters that will be introduced and I've kind of written the outline for the book and just getting it a little bit just to come together to have a, a, a real starting point. But it, I do have that, but I'm not saying yet where it is because this next village that the, um, that will be the setting is a fairly well-known village amongst um, people who come to Provence. So I'm not going to give it away, but I'm pretty excited. And I've changed up a few things. I got some really nice feedback from a couple people I had asked on the first book that asked me for certain things um, to add to the book. So I'm going to be doing that. And um, I'm pretty excited and we'll see where, we'll see where it takes us. And have you lined up your daughter to be the illustrator once again? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think uh, this is going to be um, 
a lifelong, if, if, if it lasts, <laughs> uh, but it will be a lifelong uh, partnership. I, I can't see anybody else being able to bring to life these, these little people, these little family that I have. And that way we can keep all the illustrations the same, the same style, the same technique across the board. So when you see the books out, you immediately know, hey, that's, it's the series, they go together. And um, I just can't think of anybody else who, who, could, who could do it but her. She's just, she's just amazing. And Ashley, where can readers buy your book? Um, the book is on Amazon, uh, all Amazon, the Amazon.com, Amazon, uh, France, any Amazon, you can, you can purchase it there. And I believe it's at Barnes and Noble as well. And so those are the most two common places to, to purchase it. Thanks. And we've also got your website linked up on the creative writing magic website and our Twitter Thank feed. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. Um, both of those are backyard Provence. And uh, yeah, feel free to follow and I'll, I, I follow back. So Ashley, before we close the show, is there anything else that you'd like to share? To just continuously in- encourage people to, f- to follow their dreams. It's even if it takes a really long time, this, this book took from, from start to finish, from real world start when I started writing it all the way to finishing it three and a half years. And for a children's book, for most people, it seems pretty long. I mean, although a lot of people can, you know, write a children's book in in a lesser time, but it really took three and a half years. And it wasn't just the writing process of the book. It was the fact that I live in Provence. My daughter lives in America. We never got together, um, like side by side in the same room to collaborate um, because of her schedule, because of my schedule and everything was done long distance back, you know, and, and, and that makes it difficult as well. But even though it took three and a half years and sometimes I never thought it was even going to be finished, just for those people, just keep, just keep doing it. Just, just keep working on it. And there's no timeline. Nobody timeline is something, unless you have a publisher that's on you, if you're self publishing, like I did, it's just up to you, you know, don't put any pressure on yourself to, to, to finish, you know, such a, a hard and fast, like finish timeline, take it easy and, and just know that it'll come as long as you just keep working on it every single day, whatever it may be, whatever your dream may be. Um, don't quit because it's taking a long time. Sometimes, you know, good things come to those that wait is what my grandmother would always tell me. And, and it's true. So I would just always want to encourage people, if you're so passionate about doing something and you really want to do it, no matter how long it takes, do not give up. Don't, don't just keep at it. Yeah, that's a really great message. And I can certainly relate. I, I took about a year and a half to write my children's book. So it, uh, I can certainly relate with that. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the time we have for today. Ashley, thanks so much for being a guest on the show. Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed it. I really feel like I want to go to South of France right now. Just to visit. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, listener. You make this all possible. If you like this podcast, feel free to support us on Patreon and consider subscribing. The link to Patreon is in the description. Also, if you're an aspiring writer and would like to learn more about Story Outline Coaching Services, contact us on the Creative Writing Magic website. 
And also, be sure to subscribe to the email newsletter to receive email notifications when new episodes are available. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Stay inquisitive, support the arts, and keep creating. Bye for now. Thank you.